And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. And folks, I regret to tell you, I won't be here for the next couple of weeks because I'll be on vacation. But I'm going to miss being here. And we've got some great guest hosts coming in. Pastor uh, Jeff Shreve is going to be on with you next week. And my good friend, Dr. Alex McFarland, the week after that. So you're going to have a really exciting two weeks. And, and you won't be hearing, and I am he for the next couple of weeks. So. So you can't call you can't call my substitute hosts and uh, and and use that joke on them. Uh, so you'll have to figure out something else, folks. Uh, but I really will miss this, and I'll miss you all. Miss talking to you. Uh, but I will certainly be back after a much needed rest. And you know, I have to tell you, I've been thinking today about man. You know, have I made a mistake to even do this? Because. Am I going to find myself in the middle of some stupid mandate and having everybody tell me you can't do this and you can't do that because you haven't been vaccinated? So you all pray for me. I, I certainly hope that that does not turn out to be the case. And, and my wife and I have wasted money on a vacation that, uh, that we can't enjoy because we're being told uh, that we're shut out of this and shut out of that because you got to have vaccination to get in. I mean, one doctor, Dr. McCary, keeps saying that we should be thinking in terms of First of all, we shouldn't be doing this to anybody, period, vaccinated or not, right? That's number one. But if we include everybody who's either had it or been vaccinated, the people who voluntarily chosen to be vaccinated, that's going to cover most Americans, the overwhelming majority. In fact, I've heard some estimates that it's got to be around 70% of the people in the country are immune from the disease. But they're acting like we're about to enter the apocalypse, once again, it's the, the, the fear-mongering is unreal. You know, it strikes me that one of the qualities of totalitarian, uh, I, don't even, I don't want to call it leadership, but, but totalitarian rule is, is fear. You either frighten people by what you will do to them if they don't go along, or you frighten people that others outside are, are after them. America, America is the big bad wolf that's about to get us. And then you, you scare people. And say, you, you need this. You need me. You need me, your demigod, to protect you from those bad Americans. And so they make up something to try to scare people into just going along, just being compliant. And boy, do we have the totalitarian impulse operating big time in, in these leftists, in these Democrats today. I mean, they want everything mandated. Their status, they love the power of the state. They really do. And they just think that those of us who question that power and question its exercise are just a bunch of rubes. It's, it's really bizarre how far these people have gotten from what it means to be American. I've said this before. It may sound a little bit radical to say it, but I, I think this is, this is an appropriate way to put it for the point I want to make. These people are not Americans. They're just not Americans. Now, of course, legally, they're Americans, and of course, they have a right to be here as citizens, but, but they're not Americans at heart. They don't, they don't share 
uh, the, the American passion for liberty. They, they, they really are statists or Marxists or socialists who really believe that if the state just has enough power, it can perfect us all. It can give us utopia. Yeah, well, there's about 100 million bodies strewn uh, over the, 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 the landscape of this planet in the last 100 years or so to, to, to mark uh, the, the great utopia that communism has given us. Yeah, a lot of starvation and, and torture and uh, concentration camps and just out-and-out out mass murder. That's what communism has given us. No, thank you. I don't want to walk anywhere near that road, let alone go down it. Uh, but we've got people who just seem to, they just love the power of the state and they love the ability to impose things on other people that they think best. Well, uh, what, uh, what I wanted to talk, by the way, I'm going to open up the lines in the next segment, 888-589-8840. I almost never do that. This is First Amendment Friday, and I want to do that today because obviously I'm not going to have a chance to talk to you for a couple weeks, and so I want to get as many calls in as I can today. So for those of you who have tried to call in or write me and say, I've been trying to call in, but I haven't been able to get through, this may be your day, 888-589-8840. So I'm not going to introduce a bunch of topics uh, today. I may allude to this to to a thing or two. But the main thing I want to talk about before we come to the end of the first segment is this woman who is suing this Rhode Island school board. Well, actually, what she did was she began to exercise her right to information through, I think, a public information or public access statute that requires the school board give her the information she requests. The teachers' union has turned around and sued her. And you know the interesting thing, speaking of totalitarianism, the interesting thing is they've sued her arguing that they, the teachers, have a right to privacy, which is really bizarre. But they want you to tell everybody what your medical condition, treatment, diagnosis, prognosis. But they're suing this woman based on their right to privacy. And she's not asking about their private lives. She's asking about what they're teaching their children because she got alarmed when she when the first time she made an inquiry, the school board, this is in Wakefield, Rhode Island, told her, we don't refer to students as boys or girls. We use gender-inclusive pronouns. And, of course, her antenna went straight up in the air like skyrockets. What? Yeah, we don't, we don't refer to students as boys and girls here. No, no, we use gender-inclusive language. And you know what that means? They're not simply teaching these children. They're indoctrinating them. When you change the language that way, you are teaching people to think a certain way And these poor children can't defend themselves. They can't reason through it. They can't make arguments of biological and genetic reality. They're told, oh, no, 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 you're not boys or girls. No, that's that's not right. That's not nice. No, no, you're whatever they choose to call them. And they've got a bunch of names that they call them, you know. Your mother's not pregnant. that's That's not your mother. That's the birthing person who lives in your house. This stuff is... Folks, it's, it's pernicious. It's evil. But, you know, the, the thing that I, I, I really wanted to focus in on is kind of related to that, but it's not directly on that issue, which is this. 
I lived in Massachusetts for a while, and in Massachusetts, if you were working for an entity that had a union, particularly government entity, like like a, as a teacher, and my wife was, you had to be a member of the union. There is no opt-out. And they have a right to take your money and use it for things like what they're using it for. And you don't have any say in the matter. Virginia has been a right-to-work state. I know these leftists here would like to eliminate that, but all right-to-work means I have a right to do a job based upon my skill and ability not based upon whether or not I'm willing to join a particular association, such as a union. And when the union stands for things that you don't agree with and you are forced to be a member, folks, that ought to be declared unconstitutional as involuntary servitude because they're taking your money that you work for and using it for purposes that you don't agree with. To me, that's the same as making you work for somebody without being paid. So when we come back, I want to take your call, see what's on your mind, what we talked about this entire week, uh, anything you want to bring up uh, that's new today. But here again, these status, they like forcing people. They like making people because they know, like all good communists, if you don't force them, they won't cooperate. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. You know, if the younger generation wants to know the keys to success, they need to follow the success sequence published by Bradford Wilcox and Wendy Wang. They say that the millennial generation is more likely to flourish financially if they follow the success sequence. They say you need to get at least a high school degree, work full time and marry before having any children in that order. Their recent study at the American Enterprise Institute has the title, The Millennial Success Sequence, Marriage, Kids, and the Success Sequence Among Young Adults. They persuasively argue that if millennials follow this success sequence, they will have a 97% chance of not being poor by the time they reach their young adult years. In fact, 86% of those studied had family incomes in the middle class or above. Their study reminded me of another study posted by William Galston. Many years ago, he found that in order to avoid being poor, you must do three things. First, graduate from high school. Second, wait until age 20 to have children. And three, wait until getting married to have children. He has found that young people who follow these rules have a 92% chance of staying above the poverty line. By contrast, a young person who breaks just one of these rules has a 79% chance of being below the poverty line. In a more recent op-ed, William Galston, who served in the Clinton administration, made it even simpler. Want to know the best poverty cure? Get married. Single parenthood hurts all children, and black children bear the greatest brunt of the harm. All of these different studies come to the same conclusion. Marriage is important, and the keys to success are to follow what is now being called the success sequence. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Anti-Semitism, go to viewpoints.info slash anti-Semitism. Viewpoints.info slash anti-Semitism. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. 8 Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have helped 7,000 families rebuild their homes for free after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. 
Our rapid response ministry is busier than ever. With 40 deployments over the last four years, we've been able to minister to so many when it mattered most. It's completely free to serve with us. We provide your food and lodging when you volunteer. There's countless opportunities for any skill set and any skill level. We spend multiple weeks with those that have lost so much by cutting trees, tarping roofs, mucking out houses, and so much more. Consider joining us on our next outreach. You will never be the same. For more information about 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Now, folks, the excuse the teachers' union is using is that if the public learns what they're teaching, that they might get harassed by conservative groups, and therefore what they're teaching the children should remain private to protect the teachers' privacy. I mean, have you ever heard such a convoluted nonsense argument? You are teaching in a public institution, and what you are teaching is a matter of public record, and they're not afraid of conservative groups per se anyway. You know, they're afraid of the parents. They don't want the parents to know. They don't want the parents to be in a position to object. These folks, you know, it's sometimes it is difficult to believe, but you can't help but believe it because, I mean, they, it's right there. You get smacked right between the eyes with it. That, that people actually think this way. How, how do you get that, that twisted in your thinking? Well, th- there is one simple answer to it. You reject God, and then you just basically fall into an abyss of foolishness and, and craziness and insanity and, 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 and moral confusion and everything else. And that's, that's really the bottom line answer. The number is 888-589-8840. It's First Amendment Friday, and rarely do we get to calls in this segment, but today is the day. So let's go to Wayne in Mississippi. Wayne, welcome. How you doing, Bishop? I just want to thank you for being a veteran. I'm a retired Navy man myself. Well, thank you for your service, Wayne. And uh, I've been listening to the program, and... I've been listening to the left, and they want socialism. And I think the ones that want socialism need to go down to the country of Argentina. Thirty years ago, I was down there, and it was free like we are. They were socialists, and you look at them now. Wow. Wayne, look, here again, all the historical evidence proves it. Venezuela is another example. A bustling, uh, prosperous nation of free enterprise, Hugo Chavez got in there and in a matter of a few years completely destroyed that country. And you've got people in our country who loved him, who just thought he was the, oh my goodness, he walked on water and, and that's what he did. So Wayne, you are absolutely right. And, and, and here again, folks, we're not going to let that happen in our country, period. No, no qualifier. We're not going to allow that to happen in our country, period. Thank you for the call, Wayne. Let's go to Becca in Kentucky. Becca, welcome. Hi. Thank Hi. you for having this show. Thank you. So good to talk to you. Um, I have found myself in a position of possibly being ill. 
and I was at the big hospital in our region last week, and I was turned away because I won't wear the mask. I was intercepted at the elevators after I made it past the, the front desk, and I had been over to another section. So they called, and they brought the department chair and, and sent me away. So I need – I've got something in my mouth, and so I, I can't walk from the front doors up to a chair and open my mouth wide and be examined by like the Velscope, just shine a light in my mouth and help determine if those are abnormal tissues. And this started happening right before COVID hit and I was starting to seek um, some dental care biopsy possibly. This may be an oral cancer. So um, my whole story is I walk by faith, not by sight, not by fear of the devil. So I may be seeking um, herbal specialists, you know, some natural health, and I'm looking Mm -hmm. at everything and the health of my body. So I ask prayers, but God forbid I ever put that thing on my face or any kind of perverse um, vaccine that's being forced upon me, the the most simple liberties to decide. Okay, Becca, Becca, I've got it. Thank you so much for the call. And look, that is your human right. And, you know, here's the sad thing, folks. You all know what they're doing. Uh, they've decided that constitutionally the government can't do it. They decided that's not because they know it get probably get knocked down. You'd have enough judges to say that's so blatantly and obviously unconstitutional. You can't do that. So they're trying to do it through the businesses. And my friend Matt Staver, who runs Liberty Council, I understand is being inundated by requests for help from people who are being threatened with threatening with being fired from their jobs. You got the whole military is going to come under that mandate now. Uh, and I, I think this whole thing is a violation of the constitutional rights of the American people. Uh, and I, I just trust that there'll be enough people who stand up that the government will back down and these idiot business owners who think that they can control everybody's life under threat of firing will realize how wrong they really are. So thank you for the call, Becca. Let's go to Ron in Tennessee. Ron, welcome. The new virus, what is it called? The Delta, the Delta variant, yeah, the yes. Delta, yes, you know what the Democrats are using this for is to put everybody in panic mode somewhat coming at the midterm elections they have another mail-in vote scheme. Well, look, Ron, I, I don't know whether they're thoughtful enough to think that far ahead, but I'll tell you what, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them, which is why I'm sure you all heard uh, Senator Cruz on yesterday. And I realize that voting is not the sole answer. Uh, it's part of the answer, because if we can get our voting system straightened out, uh, our votes are actually going to count, and we've got to hold our public officials accountable. But if we don't vote, we kind of absent ourselves from the whole process, and the whole thing folds in on itself. And as I said, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't even want to contemplate what the what the result of that would be. So, so folks, we we've got to hold our our legislators, state legislators, accountable to get this mess straightened out. But then you and I have got to register. We've got to vote and then get active in your local precinct and 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 be there to hold people accountable and to make sure that as far as you're able to see things are being done on the up and up. 
uh, we, we, can't, we can't allow our country to be stolen that way. We just cannot allow that. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you all the story a little bit later, but let's, let's stick with these calls. Let's go to Virginia in Texas. Virginia, welcome. Hello. Yes, Virginia, welcome. Thank you. Oh, I look forward to hearing your program every day. You Thank have you. so much wonderful information, but I will be quick. You know, I don't see boatloads of people leaving America. Oh, I hate America. I hate this. I hate that. You're, I'm, I'm, I deserve more than this. But they're not leaving. They can't turn loose of the milk and honey that America provides for them. And I love America. Amen. I tell you, my dad was killed in 1944 in Germany fighting mm. for America, for freedoms that we did not have to suffer so much here in our homeland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was 23 years old. Wow. If people knew how wonderful he was, how he loved his family, how he loved his country, and to fight for it. And here we sit listening to people, oh, I hate it. I deserve more. I deserve more. Bishop, yeah. as I said, I did a survey, and the first question, well, one of the questions was, what do you think is the greatest th threat against America? And I put turning away from God. Hmm. All right, Virginia, thank you so much for the call. You, uh, I think you nailed it, Virginia. And like you, by the way, thank you uh, in behalf of your father for his great service to our country. You know, they're trying to do away with teaching American history in many jurisdictions because they know if people actually heard the history of America, its nobility, its inspiration, the courage of so many who've gone before us, they couldn't walk away hating this country. They'd have to walk away admiring it. And they don't want our young people to walk away admiring America. They want them to walk away resenting America. So they give them this skewed Howard Zinn garbage that they call American history, which is really nothing but communist propaganda against our country. So thank God for men like your father, Virginia, and thank God for you, because I think all of us join with you. We love America, and we're not turning it over to a bunch of Marxists. Uh, let's go to Autry in Louisiana. Autry, welcome. Hey, my brother. How you doing? Uh, again, uh, it's, it's an honor to speak with you again, brother, and to uh, let you know how much I really appreciate and all the saints really appreciate what you're doing and giving out the truth to what's happening today in line with the Word of God. Amen. Thank you, Autry. Thank you. All right, my brother, I appreciate the call. God bless you. And, and folks, as um, was just said by a previous caller, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's walking away from God that is creating all these problems. You know, if America remained a God-centered nation, all this racial stuff that they're trying to stir up, phew, it, that, would be, that would be a dead letter. Um, I, I'm working on a piece now, which I talk about the fact, you know, we all come from the same parents. We all suffer. We all are imperfect. We all can bleed, and we all will die. We're one American family, but the left doesn't want us to think of each other that way. They want us to, you know, they want us in our little silos where we can fight it out. Uh, and and it, it's, it's God really is the answer. You all heard that song, There is a Remedy. 
For every sin-sick soul, there's a cure for all the hurt and pain and wrong. There's a solution for all the problems deep inside. There's a remedy, and his name is Jesus Christ. And that's so, so I, I, we just got to help all of our fellow citizens to understand that because, because as was pointed out earlier, as I think Virginia pointed this out, they're not leaving. They're not trying to leave. They're complaining, but they're not leaving. We'll be back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Let me share with you a father's prayer that I wrote many, many years ago. Dear God, I need your help to be the kind of father I should be. Hear my prayer. Help me, Father, to be more interested in the things my children are interested in. Too often I find myself too deeply involved in my own thinking to pay much attention to what one of my children is saying. Remind me constantly that the things they are interested in are just as important as the things I'm interested in. Help me to be a better listener. Then, Father, help me to set aside some time in my busy schedule for the children. It seems that I'm always tied up with something, and even when I'm not, I think I'm too tired to spend some time in their activities. Lord, help me keep my perspectives straight. Business can wait, but my children will only grow up once. Help me not to forget that children need love and attention as well as food and clothing while growing up. Too many times I get so concerned about their material needs that I forget their emotional needs. And Lord, I pray that my children will be able to see your love in me. If they can only see me living my faith, then they will understand it even if I can't put it in the right words for them. Help me to keep the important things important and secondary things secondary. You know that many times the temptation is to neglect the important things of life while concentrating on secondary matters. Help me to teach kindness by being kind, forgiveness by forgiving, helpfulness by helping, and love by loving. And dear God, help me prepare my children for marriage by being a good husband to their mother. If I'm a good husband, Maybe it will help them when it comes time for them to take a life's partner. Help me to look for my children's good points and to brag on them a little more. You know, Lord, that I won't close my eyes to their faults. As their father, I must be able to see those. But Lord, help me to dwell on their positive points. Another thing I will need your help in is having the power to say no to them when it should be said. We both know that many times a no is much better than a yes. These children of mine are growing up, Lord. One day before long, they'll go out into the world on their own. They will choose an occupation. Help me to be man enough to rejoice in whatever they choose to do and Christian enough to teach them that they can serve you in any occupation where they will work for the good of their fellow man. Lord, I'm tempted to ask you to stop time, to keep my children, little children, always. But I know that life doesn't operate that way. So I will just ask you to help me enjoy my children while they are children. 
Then in my old age I will have beautiful memories of my children when they were small and be proud of them as adults. Lord, I can't be a very good father without your help. So thanks for pitching in and giving me a helping hand. Amen. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We're back. The number is 888-589-8840. Love to take your calls. It's First Amendment Friday, folks. And that's what we're doing today, primarily taking your calls and your comments. Uh, Governor Murphy of New Jersey has just mandated masks in all public schools now. So all children of all ages will have to wear masks in public schools. The governor who famously said, no, I don't pay any attention to the Constitution. That's, that's above my pay grade. No, I didn't think about that. I don't think about the Constitution. That's above my pay grade. What an idiot. I mean, really, folks. I mean, that's idiocy. You took an oath to the Constitution. And to admit that you don't pay any attention to it tells us exactly where you're coming from. This, this is what I was saying. January 6th, whatever happened, and what happened in terms of breaching the Capitol was wrong. It was wrong. But the people who went to Washington, D.C., for most of those people— they went not because they want to overthrow the Constitution, but because they believe the Constitution is being overthrown and they want leaders who are going to uphold the Constitution. And here's another one. The military now is looking at mandating uh, vaccines. So let's get this straight. You can come into the military confused about whether you're a male or a female and you can get surgery and hormones and treatments and changes of uniform and all of that. But what are they going to do now? Say, if you say, I don't want to take the vaccine, what are they going to do? Kick you out now? This stuff is topsy turvy folks. And we got to have some relief in 2022. I'm telling you, we've got to, for the sake of our country, not just for my feelings and your feelings about this or our, 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 our concerns, but for the sake of the country and our future. Okay. Let's go to Jake in Kentucky. Jake, welcome. I am he. How are you? <laughs> okay, Jake. All right, you'll have to, if you call me in the next couple of weeks, you can't say that. But okay, I'm doing great, Jake. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I, I, I'll, do that to, I'll do that to one of your guest hosts next week, too. <laughs> hey, hey I, had a, I had a follow-up to what I talked to you about on Tuesday, if you remember. I asked you when, when you thought all this un-Americanism began. Mm. And you began to answer, but 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 the end of the but the end of the program came before I think you answered. Oh, oh, well, well. Listen, I I think it's got a number of different strains, but I think I did begin to say, uh, I think a lot of this stuff has come over to us from Europe, um, schools of thought that started in Europe. I mean, Antonio Gramsci, that a lot of people are not aware of, but Antonio Gramsci, who is a Marxist theorist. Um, he was born, I don't know, 40, 50 years after, about 30 years, I think, after Marx died. But he is, is a major influence on the American left today, a major influence. And every now and then I hear somebody mention him. Uh, uh, Joseph Buttigieg, uh, Pete Buttigieg's father, he started the International Gramsci Society. 
Pete Buttigieg's father was a confirmed communist teaching at Notre Dame, but nobody ever acknowledged that. I mean, he started the society of Gramsciites, and they're communists who believe that you overthrow a country by subverting its values rather than simply by violence. And there are a lot of those folks in our country right now who subscribe to that. In fact, they rarely mention that he was a communist. When they talk about Gramsci, Gramsci is social theorist. That's how they describe him, social theorist. He was a communist. So a lot of this stuff has come over to us from European thinkers and scholars who came to America and brought that garbage with them. Some of it is indigenous. As I said before, um, Woodrow Wilson, the, the famous president, former president of Princeton University, so scholar and president, really a prolific scholar too, but just as screwy in his thinking as he could be. He did not like the American Constitution. He made clear. He thought, he thought the American Constitution was off. He thought we should have some kind of more parliamentary system, and, and we don't have a very good I mean, yeah, he, did, he simply did not like the American Constitution or the American way of life. And then, of course, he resurrected the Ku Klux Klan as well because he was, he was just an avowed racist. And a lot of the gains that had been made since the Civil War, he undid. So there, there are a lot of these, these various strains that have come to bring us to a point where so many Americans are imbued with an anti-American attitude and almost anything is preferable to America. So they'll praise Castro, they'll praise Mao, they'll praise... Uh, the Soviet Union, and, and we have Americans all, who have all done that and then denounce our own country. I'd say this has been going on in earnest for probably about 100 years. Um, and here again, I don't want to get any, any further into that, but I hope I've, hope I've given you some insight into my thinking on this anyway, because we were, we were profoundly infiltrated by the Soviet Union. And, the, and I think we're profoundly infiltrated, infiltrated by China right now. And they are, they are exploiting the fact that we have a lot of people in our country who lean so very far left or are themselves Marxists and socialists who probably feel more affinity and loyalty to communist China than they do to the United States of America, Constitutional Republic. Thanks so much for the call, Jake. I hope that helps. Uh, let's go to Tom in Ohio. Tom, welcome. Hi, Bishop. How are you? I'm blessed, sir. How are you? Good. Hey, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about the electric car mandate that's supposed to happen by 2030, where 50% of the cars sold are supposed to be electric. Yeah. I did a little calculating, and with gasoline versus the best lithium-ion battery, the gasoline, so that one gallon, has got 45 times more energy density than the same amount of lithium-ion batteries. And by the way, most of the time you're charging the electric car with coal-fired plants, mm -hmm. and that is producing 1.7 times more CO2, and they don't seem to bring any of that stuff up when they tout electric cars. And not to mention the range. You're just not going to get the range like you do with a conventional gasoline engine. And I... I don't know what to think of all this. I'm getting a little tired of them not talking about the physics. I don't want to say science yeah. because I'm, but the physics behind that just doesn't jive. And I'm a software engineer and I understand this stuff. And mm. I just, I'd like to see electric cars, but the physics behind it just isn't, it's not up to snuff. And I just want to get your take on that. All right, Tom. Well, listen, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for that insight. 
you know, whenever you start to analyze this stuff, I think you have to come to one conclusion, and that is what drives them. So you say, well, I would like to see them discuss the basically the cons. I mean, there's some there's some real downside to this that doesn't even advance what they claim they're interested in, which is cleaning up the air, cleaning up the environment, you know, not depositing CO2 in the environment. If you're using coal-fired plants, you're certainly not achieving that objective. So then why don't they talk about that honestly? Because that's not what it's about. It's about power. It's about control. I think they want the ability to manage the American people, and I don't think it's really that rational. I think it's just, frankly, an impulse toward evil, an impulse toward power and control. And remember, I said they drive us with fear. There's going to be a climate apocalypse in 10 years, and we've got to do something now. Give us this power so we can save you. And I think that that's always in the backdrop what's really going on. So, So, Tom, you keep talking about the downside and you actually talk about the science. It's not a bad word. They've, they're the ones who politicize the word. And we conservatives and Christians will talk about it with some objectivity as opposed to the politicization of science that the left is engaged in. Uh, okay, let's see if we can get Steve in here before we have to go to a break. Steve, you're on. Welcome. Yes, sir, Bishop. Uh, great to speak with you. Honored as always. Thank uh, two you. thoughts. First, first thought, um, Hillary Clinton also said if it wasn't for that dadgum, um, I just lost the word, good Lord. <laughs> if it wasn't for our uh, founding documents, they could do anything they wanted, basically. Forgive me for losing the word. Wow. Uh, here's yeah. the second thought that is, that is much more uh, interesting to me. Uh, she's kind of old news. But the Delta variants, okay, that everyone's talking about. Uh, I believed into it. I bought into it. We were listening to radio as we traveled that it's getting worse, all this good stuff. A good friend of ours had to go to John Hopkins uh, Hospital for some cancer treatment. Uh, God bless him, by the way. And um, they, um, she asked to, to be tested for Delta. Uh-huh. The physicians at John Hopkins said there's no such test. Wow. Steve, thank you so much for the call. You can hear the music. I've got to take a break. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I think we're not being told. Back in a moment. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. And we thank you for your support. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Emmy was in a bad relationship when she found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend told her to get an abortion, which she seriously considered. 
I knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Emmy went to a preborn center in need of guidance. They honestly were able to put every fear at ease and let me know that it was going to be okay. Because of them, he's here. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Preborn clinics introduce moms in crisis to their babies through ultrasound while providing hope, love, and the gospel in action. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. First Timothy, Paul actually says that God has set my life up as an example, like really to say if God can save Saul of Tarsus, save anyone. Pastor Johnny Hunt on Focus on the Family Minute. But I've said just the opposite. If God can use me, the background I came out of, you know, the way I skipped school, probably had a ninth grade education, even though I made it to the 10th. But really, I just uh, never applied myself. I was drinking and carousing during those days. So if God can take what he started with in my life and use me, it's an encouragement that he can use anyone. You may feel you're humble like saying, oh, I just come from this type humble background. God can't really use me. Well, it's not based on your humble background. It's based on a sovereign, supernatural God invading your life and then living out his salvation in you. Visit familyminute.org for more from Johnny. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. I see nothing personally, nothing in, in anything I've read or studied that suggests that the Delta variant justifies this new mass hysteria that is being stirred up. My understanding is that it is less lethal than the original vaccine, and we know the lethality of that. The, the overall lethality of that vaccine in the general population is less than 1%. Now, when you get to elderly people with comorbidities, it becomes much, much more serious. But remember the data, this is CDC data, 94% of the people who died as a result of COVID, 94% had three comorbidities. In other words, they don't even really know that they died from COVID. They just knew that they died while they had COVID. So now this, this variant is, is far less lethal, although it's more contagious. And my understanding is here again from some recent articles that I've read that your, your, your natural immune system is more effective even than any vaccine. They're, that They're hoping to develop a vaccine that is as effective as the immune system. And they think they've come as close as they can in the short time that they had. But they're looking at various aspects of the immune system thinking, but if we could get our immune system to behave as effectively as the vaccine does, I mean, to get our vaccine, forgive me, if we can get the vaccine to behave as effectively as the immune system does, wow, man, we'll have something. Well, you won't. It'll never happen. But they're not giving any credit to, to people being immune as a result of having it, any at all. So this, this Delta variant thing is being used to remask everybody up. It's being used to, to start shutting things down by virtue of saying you can't come in here if you don't have a vaccine, which what kind of effect do you think that'll have on the economy? 
when people say, wait a minute, you're going to tell me I can't come to your restaurant unless I go get vaccinated? Who are you to tell? Yeah. It's, it's, so the fact that they don't have a test for the Delta variant and the Delta variant's also being used to suggest we're all going to have to get booster shots later this year. We're going to start the process all over again. And here again, folks, the only thing that puts it all together is the thirst for power and control over people. It seems to be, to me, the thread that runs through everything they do. All right, let's get back to the calls. Uh, you've been waiting patiently. Paul in Louisiana, welcome. Hey, Bishop, Simplify. Uh, Simplify. Yes, sir. There, there are so many things that we could discuss that I would love to discuss with you from repealing the 17th Amendment to even discussing the downfall of America probably started with Woodrow Wilson and FDR. Um, but my kids are, I have two younger kids, 10 and 7. They go to a Catholic school in, in Lafayette, Louisiana, and the diocese there is actually following suit with uh, our ignorant uh, governor and the public school system, which is also... Uh, doing mandatory masks for K through 12. Um, I'm highly against it, uh, just because mm. uh, you, you understand about the, 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 the effectiveness of the mask, as well as we really don't know the effects, the long-term effects of yep. wearing the mask, of becoming socially distanced, um, the effects that it has with their their, their learning skills, as well as um, oh. uh, depression and so forth. Um, and yeah, I as really, well, the sad, the, the unsanitary nature of wearing of wearing that mask all day. I mean, you're, you're right. You're right, Paul. All kinds of issues are raised by that, and I, I'm just shocked that anybody would put up with that. So, go, Paul, go ahead and finish your point. Well, I, I guess I'm, you know, uh, my, meeting my wife is what uh, got me back into the Catholic faith, and I actually, I, I think I benefit more from leaving. Uh, the faith and coming back because uh, coming back you want to know more so um, I get confused as far as having faith in the God and, and it feels like a lot of faith is derived on this shot and on masks and being away <laughs> from people and we're, we're kind of losing the, the point of well you know would Mother Teresa be wearing a mask everywhere or yeah. you know I mean everybody's I got afraid you. of everybody I got you, Paul. Paul, thank you so much for the call. Look, this is a matter of personal choice. Um, as a Christian, I am always concerned about anything that's sold with fear. Because the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So when you tell me, where this are you going to die? Then my cackles go up. My antenna goes up. Something's not right. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And we certainly, that means we don't walk by fear either. So I think parents have the right to, to get up in arms about people trying to force their children to wear masks all day in school. There, there can't be anything healthy about that. And I don't think the data is there to justify it. Uh, the number is 888-589-8840. I may just have engaged in medical misinformation, but thank God, American Family Radio actually believes in freedom of speech and in giving you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, and sharing and discussing our perspectives, not censoring people and censoring information. Praise God for this network. 
Uh, okay, let's come back to your calls. Um, we've got, you've been waiting very patiently. Greg in Minnesota. Greg, welcome. Thank you, Bishop Jackson. I was just wondering why um, the church doesn't stand and speak against God's people being forced into debt and bondage for money to exist. Um, well, when you say for money to exist, you mean you're talking about the, the Fed and the printing of money uh, and the... Well, they, the don't, ex- they, don't, they don't print money. All money is created as a bookkeeping entry when banks make loans. And if we don't borrow, go into debt, there isn't any money. Well, yeah, I mean, the, you're, you're right. The, the currency is not now no longer created by simply printing it, although we still as a government do still print currency. I mean, it's still, there's, still a, there's still a United States mint that's printing currency. But, but look, Greg, thank you. first of all, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. You know, we, we are having a hard time getting churches to speak up on issues that obviously, that have obvious moral implications um, getting a church to speak up on an issue that you, first of all, got to connect all the dots for them. See, I believe that our government is engaged in a sin to burden the American people with debt. I really believe that. But my goodness gracious, how many pastors do you think <laughs> really believe that? And I've talked about it in my sermons, but how many pastors? I'm, I know I'm not the only one, but how many of us do you think there are? Precious few, my friend, precious few. But thank you for the call. Let's go to James in Arkansas. James, welcome. Hey, brother. E.W. Jackson. I'm just driving home from work, and I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, there's all this hype about the Delta variant out there, and they're putting it out. You know, I mean, it almost seemed like we were kind of getting back to semi-normal. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot more people not wearing masks. You could walk in a place that had a sign up that said mass required. You know, and luckily I live in the South and it's it's a lot less than what it would be out west, but this is just my my theory on this. So they come up with this name, Delta variant, and it's funny that it's hitting the Mississippi Delta, which has been known for hundreds of years by the Mississippi Delta. You see the feeds, they say, Oh, there's no there's no beds left in Mississippi and southwest arkansas and alabama and and you know people will tell you they'll say well it's because you're not vaccinated you know the people down there are not vaccinated it's you know huh. they're only 30 40 percent vaccinated and you know that's why it's hitting it's it's not affecting out in california i mean i don't know man i just so so just, so, so james okay james i'm getting close to the end of the program i'm going to try to get some other calls in here but you think this might be a little bit of uh of, an, of a maybe a political attempt to hurt the South. Um, I, I don't know whether the choice of the name Delta has anything to do with that. They probably have some reason why they picked that particular name. D is Delta means is D is the Greek word for D, of course. Um, so I don't know. I, you, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we've got plenty of reason to distrust what we're being told. And it is a healthy thing for Americans to be skeptical of what we're being told by our government. It's a healthy thing, conspiratorial theory or not. Thank you for the call, though, James. Let's go to Ron in West Virginia. Ron, welcome. Hey, how you doing today? Doing great. How about you? Great. I wanted to just comment on your uh, 
when you're speaking about communism, uh, over a hundred years of infiltration. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe you'd have to agree with me that Stalin's probably one of the worst war heroes in recent history. I mean, war hero, excuse me, war villains. Oh, oh, no I got, I got question my words about it. Up. No question about it. Yeah, I believe, also believe that at the end of the Second World War, that our General Patton came to that realization that uh, maybe he's not Uncle Joe after all. Who, who is who he was yeah. referred to? But one of one of our fine uh, presidents at the time. Um, I know. Uh, it gets a little confusing sometimes um, as to the you know alliances that have been formed and. Uh, yep. Well, Ron, listen. Uh, let let me try to let me try to get. Um, let's see. Let me try to get Mike in here. But Ron, thank you for the call. I agree, man. Uh, it, look, the left has always been somewhat soft on and enamored of communism. They really have been. That's just the truth. And they could deny it, but it's just the truth, and it's true. Been through true throughout our history, and it's true to this day. Uh, let's go to Mike in Missouri. Mike. Welcome. Hey, Semper Five, brother. This is your Marine brother again down here in Missouri. I got All right, a real brother. easy, easy solution to how people can use this COVID relief money in a, in a productive way. Take some of it right off the top and mail it into the Republican National Committee to help them gear up <laughs> to the midterm election. Okay, Mike. All right. Well, that that's going to probably serve as the closing remark at least from you all. And uh, I'll just say, folks, I, I've had a great time today. It's, it's, the, it's the best way to start my vacation, uh, hearing from all of you. God bless you all. Pray for our country. We are going to have an awakening in America. That's the name of this program. That's why I named it The Awakening, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.